Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Over the link to Twitter. Yes, it is posting live as we speak right off the show handle. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Happy Hour podcast. You might notice uh, Ricky has abandoned me this week, uh, but that's all right. Uh, We have a fun and deep bench over at Music City Drive-In in our NFL content group. So I have a couple of guys on with me. Jason, who's uh, right next to me, and John, who's uh, right down below. So I'm going to kick it over to you, gentlemen, first to uh, Jason. Uh, good to see you. Hey, it's uh, great to be on. Uh, sorry to see Ricky couldn't make it, but I think uh, John and I will do our best to uh, take a few snaps in his place. Um, at the current time, I've been writing uh, Fight Fire with Flyers. That's a kind of a weekly deep stash um, you know, something to try and uh, hopefully break out as you get into the playoffs or, or late in the season, you get some players. Uh, you'll see later, like Taylor Heineke, if you, you know, deep quarterback league, for, for example, or a, a super flex. Um, somebody who, uh, not as exciting last night, but I really thought was going to pan out, would have been Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. Um, we'll see how it goes. I still have high hopes. It's just the the Eagles offense as a whole seems more centered around Jalen Hurts as the uh, alpha and omega, if you will. Uh, let's pass it on to John. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Oh. Yep. Okay. Um, so I'm John. Um, I write news and noise uh, for the group. Um, it's basically <laughs> whatever comes to mind and my hot take on it. Um, I encourage you to check it out. It's under iHeart Caravans. Um, background, been doing this for several years. Um, I've been playing fantasy for over 20. Um, and I've had over 20 fantasy leagues for several years now. So super plugged in. Um, not always right because... Well, some of the stuff I say is absolutely crazy, but I hit more often than I don't. So hopefully today you get the good stuff. The the trick is you just got to stick with it. And last year I picked uh, Matthew Stafford to be my NFL MVP candidate because I was all in on the Lions and that didn't pan out, but he moved over. So I just picked him again. Absolutely. So, and I know you're a big 49er fan. How about you, Jason? Do you have a team? Uh, my team would be the Pittsburgh Steelers, but in general, uh, I try to be fairly agnostic as uh, as uh, pretty much my career is in the sports gambling field. I, I try to see past uh, personal bias, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, certainly for the most part, I'm, I'm sure, uh, like yourself, Matthew, with uh, the Denver Broncos and Ricky, as I've noticed with the Titans and and I'm sure, you know, the Cardinals for you, John, I, I see a lot of 
a lot of aspects that I wish I hadn't seen in the Steelers this year. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're holding out hope, if you will. Yeah. When Denver's playing well, I'm I'm excited about them. When they're not, I'm excited about all my other fantasy players. Uh, Ricky says I'm a closet Cowboys fan. I think it's just because I have so many shares of Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. I'm yes. wedded to their success. So, you know. That's what fantasy will do to you. Well, last night we got uh, – I guess it turned out to be an okay game. Uh, fair, fair warning, I'm still in the middle of uh, – my renovation project that has added a lot to my life. So I thought I saw all I needed to see in the first half with uh, Brady and the Bucks firmly in control. So I went ahead and went to, uh, went to sleep and I, I woke up, it looks like the Eagles made it a little bit of a game, um, but ended up coming up short. What did you guys think of what you saw last night? Well, um, the Bucks definitely took their foot off the gas, um, which is weird. Brady doesn't do that. Um, it could have been the Eagles stepped up, uh, but it just it felt like um, the Bucks just weren't playing with as much urgency. Still got problems in the secondary, uh, slowing people down. It's is going to be tough all season. Sherman went out with a hamstring, um, which, considering he was draft or um, signed and played what three days later last week. Um, that's a testament to their lack of depth. And with him hurt now too, uh, it's tough. Um, Especially since they were in on trying to get Gilmore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would have been amazing. Um, I am a, um, I can't even call it a closet Brady fan. I am all about some Tom Brady. Um, And I really thought that Gilmore was going to follow him down to Tampa Bay. I'm going to check with you guys, but do you get a sense of uh, the Bucks almost have a bit of malaise when they're kind of in control of a game? Like, uh, for the most part, it seemed like uh, last week playing in New England was something they were probably really getting amped up for with Brady and to play such a big game and come out and kind of take control right away, you know, against the Eagles with, you know, what seems like a very uh, disorganized offense. Uh, I can understand where it, it felt like, you know, the Eagles were the only ones that felt the need to play in the second half. If that makes any sense. Yeah. The Bucks have been beat up to Brady, you know, had that thumb injury and they talked about him taking a couple shots. Godwin had been on the injury report. They're still missing Gronk. Half their defense is, is out. So I'm sure a veteran, a big veteran move would be if you know, you're going to win, you uh, you maybe don't give it hundred percent. Yeah, it's it is Thursday. Everyone's you know a little bit ready for the weekend, the early weekend. <laughs> if you're ready for the, the mini li- buy. Mm-hmm. The line on it was uh, was minus seven. They won by six. I got burnt. Yeah, I mean it's tough with the. So we'll we'll do a couple fantasy things first for the for the Eagles. Obviously. Jalen Hurts, I, I don't know how you guys feel. I don't think he's an incredible NFL quarterback. He's been good for fantasy. But is he the only Eagles player you feel good about putting in the lineup week to week, especially now with uh, – we'll talk about it in a minute, but Jason, but Zach Ertz just got dealt? Um, for me, I've basically – my plan heading into the draft season 
was essentially if I had to get somebody on the Eagles, it was going to be Jalen Hurts. And I was trying to pair them with one of the rookie quarterbacks because my biggest fear is Jalen Hurts gets benched in like two weeks. Um, I don't know who they could possibly turn the keys over to. Captain Jones. Dude, Gardner Minshew, baby, all day. Uh, yeah. Okay. So now it's not going to be um, Flacco, but it might be Minshew. <laughs> my my worst fear is to realize that a confident backup quarterback. Um, well, a backup quarterback, anyway. A backup quarterback. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for the most part, I was excited about Devontae Smith, but it's just mm-hmm. hard. Um, as much as consistency really, really is hard to see at, at the wide receiver position. The only I mean, consistency. At least Philly's. he's alive. Jalen Rager, I'm pretty sure died, and nobody told us. Uh, well, you missed. He had like 97 yards or something in pass interference penalties. Um, no, I saw some. Okay. But yeah, I, I mean, I was for the most part, like I mentioned, that I, I like Gainwell as an athlete, as a player. Um, I. I really need to see some things to change in how they, they work that offense for him to be anything more than uh, essentially just, uh, you know, a zero RB end of the bench. Uh, you know, the rest of your running backs are pretty much on by. That's the only shot you can well, get in the lineup. It's almost the same with Miles Sanders. Our friend Ricky had that right. trade proposal that was in there. And, uh, you know, I know you were more on the fence, but the reason I went against is I don't know in redraft, I don't know if, if I think Miles Sanders is just trash, but his usage certainly is. I think, John, you pointed out yesterday 8.6 was what he had in the game. That was his season high. That's not getting it done for <laughs> no. PPR for the people that drafted him as a top 24 running back. Yeah, he's the definitely the second rusher on the team behind uh, Jalen Hurts, and they don't run the type of offense that Baltimore does, where everybody gets touches on the ground, which sets up the passing game. Um, for some reason, they're trying to push Hurts into a uh, actual quarterback mold, um, which it looks like Lamar's kind of developing into, but Hurts doesn't he doesn't uh, forecast to be that same talent that Lamar Jackson is. But player that I like on the Eagles, uh, Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get those Ertz targets. Uh, he's had okay weeks. He was good last year. Um, if anybody's going to pop, it's going to be him. Yeah, at least that competition's out of the way, so maybe you feel a little bit better about that going forward. Any other Eagles thoughts before we transition to the other? Actually, it it makes perfect sense. Goddard was was inactive last night with COVID, right? Yep, he's on the COVID, sadly, the COVID list. So you you get Ertz to play his final game. He gets the whole, you know, tight end target share, and now jet set right off to, to Arizona. Goddard can come back, ready to take the whole, the whole cup of tea. Well, you can see Eagles fans want to get some other people involved because they seem to be cheering a lot every time Miles Sanders touched the ball. So, oh, they were going nuts. 
for uh, for the other side, I, you know, I think we know what we need to know about the the receivers and Tom Brady. But let's look, let's talk about Fournette for a minute. Coming in last night, he was running back fifteen already in PPR. Uh, did nothing that would uh, do anything but vault him up there because he scored two rushing touchdowns, got involved in passing work. Is he tracking to be? We thought last year when they signed him, he had the potential to be possibly an RB one in that offense. Never really materialized. Saw flashes of it sometimes in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seen the same starting this year, but now these last four weeks, it's been the, the Fournette show, and it seems like they're better for it. Do you guys, what do you think of Fournette going forward? Oh, I love Fournette. You know that. I have loved Fournette for years. Uh, last season was tough. Uh, he spent, uh, you know, right up until the season with the Jags. Um, they kind of did him dirty the way they uh, pushed him out the door didn't give him a, a real chance to set up with anybody else. Lack of preseason action due to COVID. Uh, the whole team operated kind of slow. Um, I mean, Fournette caught like 80-some balls the year before. Um, you know, rushed for over 1,000 yards. Um, was obviously one of the top backs in the league. He's not old. Um, he's still really, really good. Uh, last year was kind of an aberration because of the whole COVID situation. Uh, his taking over does not surprise me at all. Yeah, I was always curious last season how much that that late transition and acclimating to an offense, uh, especially at the running back position, really uh, slows your performance down or just impedes your volume on the offense. And I mean, everything, if you want to look at it narrative-based, it looked like finally they got to the playoffs and they were they were ready, you know. And, you know, uh, the question in the offseason is, is, is he now a year older? Is that going to affect his performance? And is it going to, you know, affect how the, the team uses him? And I think it, it didn't take long to see how much patience the coaching staff has for turnovers or whether it's Tom Brady has. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've not been a, a huge Fournette fan. Um, I've been kind of hopeful on Ronald Jones, but sometimes you just have to, you know, uh, put away your feelings and, you know, understand who the, who the real prize is in, in that, I guess, running back share which isn't much of a share anymore. Yeah, Jones not doing himself any favors going into free agency. So we we touched on it briefly. Zach Ertz, big news this morning, gets moved to the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, the last uh, undefeated team in the NFL, really trying to make a run toward the playoffs. They fell just short last year. Max Williams had looked good for a couple games, got hurt. Now we find out he's going to be gone for the season. Prior to, you know, maybe the little mini Max Williams breakout, you would say with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, tight end wasn't a huge part of the offense in Arizona. Does that change with a player like Ertz? No. No. Um, Will he get more uh, passes thrown his way than Williams? Maybe one or two. Um, Tight end doesn't factor in to the offense there. Um, So he's going to have opportunities, but not a ton of them. 
Um, he's a good player, so he should be able to take advantage of him. He's, you know, a fringe starter at tight end, in my opinion. Yeah. John, you'll have to excuse me. I'm noticing you're wearing the 49ers jersey by now. Uh, I must have confused you with Mr. Arizona. You're a 49ers fan? <laughs> I am a Niners fan. Absolutely. I, yeah, I apologize. It, I think I called Rob you a Cardinals who's fan. Doing the, you did uh, call me a Cardinals fan. I didn't want didn't to uh, get after that. <laughs> hey, they both <laughs> wear red, right? <laughs> my home league, I have Kyler Murray as my quarterback. So I'm kind of a Cardinals fan this season. There you go. Um, does uh, I want to get your your feelings, uh, both Matt and John. Uh, does it seem like Dallas in the Arizona offense fits more as a you know traditional non exciting tight end role in in the offense where you're kind of just hoping he's getting red zone targets more than anything else? Just because I feel like there's a lot of talent. Uh, talent, exciting pass catchers uh, with a lot more speed uh, within the offense and even the running backs, you know, James Conner aside, uh, maybe he's kind of slows down the offense a bit. So they kind of, you know, avoid him until there's really no room after the catch to go. So the goal line seems like the perfect spot. That's my problem with, with Arizona from, so Arizona is in a wonderful NFL situation. You know, they got Kyler Murray. They have two running backs who are alternating, you know, doing different roles and filling the void. They have four receivers. Now they have Ertz. They have an embarrassment of riches, which is great from an NFL perspective and going to be horrific from a fantasy perspective. Last week, um, I think when Ricky and I were talking about it, I said, well, you know, at least I feel good. You can start Chase Edmonds and DeAndre Hopkins. They seem to have a safe floor. And then we watch what happens last week. And it's like, okay, nobody actually has a safe floor in Arizona. They just all have a great ceiling. So you have seven different guys. Probably the only one you feel confident in is Kyler Murray. And even the last couple of weeks, he was QB 23 last week. Uh, because they didn't need him. They were just pounding it into the end zone with James Conner, who got like 25 yards on 25 carries, but got two touchdowns and makes your day. <laughs> and that's I don't know, that's how I feel with Ertz going there. You have a guy who used to be a, a consensus top five pick at tight end, who's probably, I mean, tight end's kind of a garbagely unpredictable position, but even so, he's probably in that 10 to 25 range now. So good luck. I see. Uh, I see Kyler trying to get D Hop rolling. Um, yeah. I mean, they are five and zero, but they have. I mean, what Devonte Adams might be better than him, um, but other than that, there's there's nobody that really compares with what Hopkins can do on a game to game basis. Uh, I really see Kyler trying to get him rolling, which will take end zone targets away that we're potentially going to be Ertz's. So really not excited for the guy. Yeah. It's probably a better NFL move than it is a oh, yeah. fantasy move. But it turns out Buffalo didn't need him after all that off season trying to uh, get him. <laughs> they have their own tight end yeah. one with uh, Dawson Knox. 
Well, uh, before we get to sit starts and then these guys give you some bets, since I have uh, no betting knowledge, I'm going to go over my uh, games of the week. If you're new uh, to this, I hit uh, games in every potential window for viewing. Um, and we once again, London is calling. Uh, it's our second week of London games. So that means we have another another 9.30 a.m. Eastern game, 6.30 a.m. for you guys, 7.30 a.m. For me, since I have to be at work at 6.30 anyway, I'm already up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to throw something on in the background. And once again, we've continued our proud tradition of sending nothing but our best to London as we send the powerhouse one in four Dolphins, who've looked consistently lost for a month, against the 0-5 Jaguars, who may actually be worse than the number one overall pick team we had last year. I will pray for you, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium fans. Uh, but, hey, we get to watch football from early in the morning till late at night, so that's something. The early window games, uh, the game that I like the best, 4-1 Los Angeles Chargers, who are atop the AFC West, at the 4-1 Baltimore Ravens, who are atop the AFC North. Both those offenses have been on fire. Um, in my rankings, I have Lamar as my QB2 and Herbert as my QB3 this week. I expect lots of points. Um, so hopefully that will be a fun one. If we end up with a 10-7 game, you are welcome. Uh, afternoon window game, the late window game on Sunday. Uh, the game I was going to highlight, the Arizona Cardinals, 5-0 at the Cleveland Browns. They're 3-2, and two, but they have had two gutting losses uh, last minute to the Chiefs and then really last minute to the Chargers last week. I think there's a chance they could pull the upset either way. I think these are two pretty good teams. That should be another fun one for fantasy. The Sunday night game is a bit of a downer. Um, we have new alarm Ben Roethlisberger, apologies to Jason, and the Steelers hosting uh, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. I know John believes Geno Smith can be a QB1. I believe he could be QB31. Um, but that's about <laughs> as far as I'm willing to go. It is a primetime game. Both those teams have struggled and have injuries, so it could be competitive and interesting from that standpoint. Um, but I do not think that's going to be the game that NBC thought they were getting back in July when the schedule was released. Monday Night Football, to close it out, we have the 4-1 Buffalo Bills, who I think might actually be the best team in the NFL right now. At the Tennessee Titans, they're 3-2. and two. They have no defense. We apologize to our friend uh, Coach Reaver, but... I think Tennessee uh, might get waxed in that one. So any thoughts on the, on the slate? Do you guys have a favorite game this week? Um, I would say that I'm going to hold my conversation on this until we get to the bets. Then I'll bring it out. Yeah. The bets are going to be all you. I'm not, I'm not only not good at gambling, I'm prohibited from <laughs> the right. day job. All right, well, let's uh, before we hit the bets, let's get into sit starts. Uh, so I'm going to go to you, Jason. Give us your starts this week. Uh, my starts for this week, uh, quarterback Taylor Heineke uh, at home against the Chiefs, who have looked rather hopeless. Speaking uh, of no defense. You know, on defense. And for the most part, you can, you know, pick up Taylor Heineke fairly readily available in most leagues if you're if you're have a desperation QB like Ryan Tannehill as your starting QB you can switch him right out throw Taylor Heineke in and again if you're desperate at tight ends you can correlate that and just pick up Ricky Seals Jones for pretty much nothing and 
I mean, at least last week he seemed to get the Logan Thomas full workload as far as uh, target share. And um, it's not like that's going to stop against the Chiefs and, and the total points for that game is, you know, exorbitant. Uh, sticking with that, I still think the Chiefs are better than Washington football team. Uh, and I like Daryl Williams' situation uh, taking over for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'd like to think he's going to get at least a few looks in the passing game at minimum. And I just don't trust Jarek McKinnon to be anything more than a, an emergency back for the most part. So I, I like Darrell Williams as if you need an RB2, um, definitely a good flex option. Um, you, you shouldn't be expecting, again, it's the Chiefs, Chiefs running backs. You shouldn't be expecting him to rattle off 100-plus total yards and two touchdowns or anything like that. But you're going to get some steady production there. And I, I suppose uh, more of a flyer in this list uh, for standard redraft leagues would be Rondale Moore. Uh, I just think he's the most exciting player outside of Kyler Murray on the Arizona offense. And I'm very skeptical of Kyler with this shoulder issue that's popping up. It's haunting me from last season and how he finished down the stretch. And as, as far as that is concerned, I, I think there's going to be a lot of maybe uh, short average depth of target in this game. That kind of fits Rondale a bit more and maybe more manufactured touches as opposed to, you know, kind of trying to limit turnovers because I think that's where Arizona is going to get stuck against Cleveland. In this well, game. that. That would be about right. He's had a couple of slow games. So about the time everyone pulls him back out of their lineups is when he's going to go off. John, who uh, who do you like to start this week? Um, well, there's a show on Hulu. Uh, it's called Wu-Tang Clan. Um, so let me throw this out there. Geno Smith ain't nothing to mess with. Uh, the guy had uh, 131 yards, uh, touchdown, a late interception. He was you know, playing from behind, trying to trying to move the ball down the field very quickly. Um, not that he's ever had interception problems in the past. <laughs> uh, he also had three rushes for 23 yards. Uh, he's a mobile guy. Um, he only played two quarters. He looked in complete control of the offense. Um, he was also playing against the Rams uh, and managed to put up those kind of numbers. Um He's playing Pittsburgh this week. Uh, that's not going to be the biggest defensive game. Uh, so really like him. Um, you know, if I have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, you know, somebody in the top tier, I'll let him sit on the bench. But uh, if I'm streaming somebody due to a bye week or an injury, um, I'm throwing him out there for sure. Uh, running back, um, Kareem Hunt. Uh, this really shouldn't surprise anybody that's paying attention to the Browns. Uh, he's averaging 5.4 yards per carry. He's got a touchdown per game average. Um, and the big piece, 17 receptions for 149. Uh, hasn't hit the end zone yet on a reception, um, but it's going to happen. Uh, he's as great as a receiver. Um you know, he's he's getting around 14 touches per game to 20-plus uh, for Chubb, and he's doing more with them. Um, 
you know, Hunt might be the number one back, even though he's getting less run. Uh, they're just keeping him fresh. Um, they're playing against Arizona. Zona has a really good pass rush. Um, their secondary is solid uh, from what we've seen this year, which leads me to believe they're going to try to keep the defense honest, uh, let them rush, throw a lot of screens, things like that, where Hunt is just going to feast. Um, you know, uh, I don't see ever benching Hunt, but uh, definite start this week. Uh, wide receiver, C.D. Lamb. Uh, love him. Love him. Um, he's averaging under five catches per game, um, which blows my mind. But he's got 348, two touchdowns, and you can tell they want to get him the ball. He's lining up in the backfield. He's running sweeps. He's he's doing his thing. They're playing the Patriots, which is a tough defense. Um but I figure the Patriots will focus on locking up Cooper. Um, so CD is going to have a great shot there. Um, and again, I would never bench CD. So um, definitely start him. Uh, tight end, Hawkinson. Start your studs. Um, you know, over the past three weeks, he's only caught eight balls for 74 yards. Uh, no touchdowns. That's really bad. Um, for him, uh, for anybody that's a number one receiver in an offense, but, uh, and he's still got the injury bug hanging on, but he's got to bounce back sometime. We've seen this guy's uber talented. Um, his team needs him to step up. Uh, it looks like Tyrell Williams is coming back. That's going to, you know, pull a little bit of coverage off of him. I just, he might not, you know, go for 150, two touchdowns, uh, but I see him becoming more involved than he has been over the past three weeks. Who knew you were such an optimist putting your faith in Jared Goff? <laughs> my uh, my starts for this week, uh, the quarterback going with uh, Kyler Murray. So the standard I usually have for my sit starts is uh, top 12 for QB tight end, top 24 for running back and receiver. That's what I'm trying to hit. Um, Murray started out red hot, was QB1 for a couple of weeks, and then we've seen him kind of slow down injuries, uh, some of the other things coming on. He was QB 23 last week. I think he was in the 20s the week prior. You might be a little nervous going up against the Browns because they held down um, Kirk Cousins. They held down Justin Fields. But they also let Patrick Mahomes explode against them. They let Justin Herbert go wild last week. I think Kyler Murray ends up with a good game, ends up back up in the top 12. Uh, going with Austin Eckler at running back. Eckler is RB2 on the season. Um, you know, it seems like an eon ago that uh, we was after week one and we were panicking because he didn't get a single target and all he was going to be was the handoff machine. Now he is just doing it everywhere. Had three touchdowns last week. Has been incredibly hot. Chargers for me, he, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert. I don't know how you keep him out of your lineup. Last week I sat Justin Herbert for Russell Wilson and cried most of the weekend. Um, <laughs> fortunately, won't even be a challenge this week. Marquise Brown, my wide receiver, 
start. He has had a great season. He's wide receiver six on the season coming into this week. We saw him explode on Monday night. I think that game against the Chargers is going to be incredibly up-tempo. Both teams are going to have to score. Uh, if it ends up being 10-7, I will probably cry. But uh, for now, I'm, I'm all in. And then a tight end, I'm going with Dawson Knox. Uh, we've waited a couple of years, seen some flashes, but this year he's really putting it together. Five touchdowns in five games. Seems to be a huge part of what the Bills are doing in the pass offense. We're going to transition over to sits, and I will uh, lead off first. My sit at quarterback is Justin Fields. Um, excited that he's the starter. I think he has a good future. I think he's going to be something right now. 51.4% completion percentage, 438 passing yards in four games that he's appeared, only one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, I don't think Green Bay is the place where he has his first 300-yard day. He is on my bench. Uh, Josh Jacobs is my running back sit. He has he missed weeks two and three. He has had only 88 total yards on 28 total carries in two games since he came back. Uh, Denver has a pretty strong defensive front, particularly at home. They were able to bottle up Saquon Barkley. They bottled up James Robinson. They bottled up the Ravens pretty well. Um, it was kind of not until garbage time that they were able to get over 100 yards, and that was thanks to uh, Lamar Jackson, who was another worldly talent. I know Najee Harris had a good day yesterday, but that has been an, uh, an aberration and not the trend. And the Raiders' offensive line is not good. I think the Raiders in general might be a hot mess given all the off-field stuff that's gone on this week, so I'm staying away. This one hurts. Allen Robinson, my wide receiver, sit. Um, I love Allen Robinson. We've seen him be quarterback proof in the past. Uh, apparently playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with in Justin Fields is actually the kryptonite for him. He's wide receiver 61 through five weeks. I just don't see him getting enough volume to justify right now, keeping him in your lineup. Uh, it really hurts. I love the talent, but it's just not there yet. And my tight end sit is Austin Hooper. They paid a lot of money. The Browns did for Hooper, Beckham, and Jarvis Landry. And so far, those guys are nowhere to be seen in the passing offense. When they want a big play at tight end, they go to David Njoku. Austin Hooper, you would be lucky to get a middle-tier tight end to return week to week. So, uh, Jason, you want to take your sits? Sounds good. Uh, my first sit, I'm just going to keep piling on here and uh, sit Derek Carr uh, as as fantastic as he's been to start the season. Um, he really is running into a tough spot on the road at Denver. And uh, I'm very uh, – this isn't so much a fantasy perspective as it is just a general uh, narrative of the, the Gruden situation and the fallout with the team and, and just leadership changes in general in such a quick transition. It's, it's very difficult to handle, especially when you're also traveling to a, an in-division opponent. Um, really, really would like to stay away from him. And, and that's where I've tagged on Henry Ruggs as well. Not that you were excited to start him anyways, but there's a lot of situations where you could consider him a, a, a live flyer to jump in and, and say a flex or a, a wide receiver three, if, if you don't have great options, uh, I just would, would rather avoid them altogether at that. And Matt already took Allen Robinson. So I really didn't have a lot of great choices. Um, <laughs> I mean, OBJ would have been a good option. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then a uh, transition to running back uh, Chase Edmonds. Uh, I think it's, it's really, 
hard to be confident in him when James Connors is taking all the touchdowns at the goal line. I know Edmonds is, is a great talent and he looks lightning fast if he can get him in space, but I'm not foreseeing a, a great situation for them after five straight victories on the road against Cleveland. It, it almost looks like a, a smoke screen with a, a three and two record team. That's I think playing as good football as, as anyone save the bills, if you will. And then uh, no surprise, really, Robert Tanyan as a sit, um, which means he'll score three touchdowns in the first half um, <laughs> on his only three receptions of the game for 30 total yards. Uh, very Jermichael Finley-esque, if you will. Uh, yeah, but, that was that was him last year, too. 59 targets, caught 52 for 598 and 11 touchdowns. That was not a sustainable rate, and we're seeing that for sure. All right, John, who are you down on? Bring us home. All right, so there's going to be a recurring theme. Uh, don't know who the Giants quarterback is, so I left that position alone with them. Uh, but and this one goes out to Ricky, Ryan Tannehill. Um, <laughs> he's not playing good football. Um, you know, he's he's been all right, I guess. Six touchdowns to three interceptions. He also has three fumbles. Um, 1,200 yards through five games. You know, it'd be okay if he didn't have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones um, and Derrick Henry, uh, you know, what could potentially be a top five offense in the league. It should be a top five offense in the league. And it just hasn't been that way. Tannehill has not been good. So don't start him. Uh, I've actually I dropped him in a couple of redraft leagues. Uh, one of them for Geno Smith. Um, at running back, Devontae Booker. Um, he's playing the Rams, uh, and he's Devontae Booker. Not really going to get too far into that. <laughs> That's all I need to say. Uh, wide receiver, Sterling Shepard. Um, obviously. I don't like the quarterback for the Giants. I don't like the running back setting up the pass. Uh, Sterling Shepard has been the number one target. Um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the quarterback, so there's going to be a lot of checkdowns, um, which you know aren't going to be the Sterling Shepard for the most part. Slayton's back. Uh, Ingram's still alive. Kadarius Tony looked amazing until he got real dumb and tried to punch somebody in the helmet. Um, I just think that the ball is going to get spread around too much. And Ramsey, if he's marking anybody, you'll be marking Shepard. So I'm staying away from him. Um, and tight end, I, I would go with Evan Ingram, but that's too obvious. Uh, I went with uh, Gasicki for Miami. Um, he's been good. Uh, with Brissett. Brissett loves him. Unfortunately, Tua doesn't. And Tua's not very good at quarterback, to be honest. So, um, you know, they're going into London. Uh, Tua hasn't been playing. He's he's just practiced this week. I don't see them all of a sudden building a connection. Uh, Gusecki has been good the past couple weeks. This is not the week for him, though. All right, I'm going to put you guys on the spot for a minute. London game, Dolphins, or, or did the Jaguars get their first win? I 
tie. Oh, God. Yeah, it could be a, it could be like a three three tie. Um, honestly, if if I had to put a bet on them, I'd pick the Jags to win. Um, they do they like have, them. yeah. They, they pretty much. I mean, that's almost a home game for them at this point in time, um, and they've got every bit of the weapons that. Uh, actually probably more offensive weapons than Miami uh, with James Robinson, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. Um, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. Um, Trevor Lawrence. He's mobile. He can make a little little something happen. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty good. Um, they just haven't – I mean, Lawrence is still on a learning curve. So every week he's going to get better. He he played pretty good last week. Um, Tua's coming. I just have zero faith in Tua. They need to hurry up and get Deshaun Watson, get through his suspension, and have a good quarterback. Are you guys – would you start anybody other than James Robinson on a fantasy roster from this game this week? Um, Gaskin. Gaskin, 100%. Unfortunately, because I – Freaking bench Gaskin last week for <laughs> of course you for did. Melvin you Gordon, did. who I actually don't like. And <laughs> as I was watching that game played out, I thought this is God's justice against, against me. Yeah. Um, I mean Gaskin, I like Waddle uh in a pinch, you know. With two coming back, Waddle, they had good they had good connection. I I was going to pick the Jaguars, but then um I remembered that Urban Meyer and Daryl Bevel still exist, and I picked the Dolphins. Yeah, Um, I I could see this. Um, What is a shootout when both quarterbacks aren't very good? (laughs) I can see a lot of balls getting thrown around, and some of them getting reeled in. I can name the Dolphins kicker, Jason Sanders. I can't remember who the kicker is for the Jaguars, so that kind of gave me pause. Oh, right, right. Um, it's not it Joey is, Sly. It's not Joey Sly. Um, um, isn't it the same guy they've had? Lambeau? Isn't it Lambeau? Maybe, let me, I'm looking it up. This is a peak fantasy uh, podcast when we have to look up the kicker. Yeah, it's Josh Lambeau. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Oh, no, it's – well, hold on. Who is Josh? Lambo might be hurt. Yeah, I think he did get hurt. Um, I know he's been the incumbent. Yeah, they said he has a hip injury. Oh, no, that was from last year. No, I think he's still there. But I, nevertheless, did you – Jason, are you picking Jags or Dolphins? Um, I'm taking – I'd take Miami. Just I think they're – I mean – Having a coach is better than the situation and, and the leadership department for Jacksonville. And the Dolphins have been in that rebuild for several years before Jacksonville. And yeah. I think all around their team is a bit more balanced. Uh, I guess you would you call it a defensive shootout is what we might see with the offensive turnovers. Jacksonville's number one defender is also going to be out for this game. Yeah, so well, their number one defender got traded to Carolina. So <laughs> Miami at least has a secondary potentially. 
Yeah, uh, sending our best. Well, we're going to transition from one sadness to uh, to betting, which we hope will be less of a sadness. Of course, my expertise in betting comes only from the one betting lesson that I learned, which is always bet on black that I got from Passenger 57. Uh, I don't know how that pertains to actual betting, but, you know, it stuck with me. Wesley Snipes, he seemed like it worked for him. So, um, but we're going to, that's why we have you guys to talk about actual bets. So I think you were going to look at prop bets and straight bets. Jason, you want to take off and give your bets this week? And then John, you can follow. Sounds good. Um, A lot of uh, where I get uh, a lot of my fantasy takes and inclinations are, are trying to be uh, ahead of the trends. Uh, you don't want to be following what just happened the last week. Um, so <laughs> it's really, really kind of, uh, kind of avoiding uh, just following where everyone else seems to be putting all their chips, so to speak. And so this week I found a prop. Uh, it would be William Hill or Caesars in your if you're in Nevada, uh, Stefan Diggs is the receiving yards leader for week six in the Sunday and Monday slate uh, at 15 to one. Um, for the most part, it, it just seems like he's the time bomb right now, waiting to have a, a really huge game. And, and everything we know about Tennessee thus far is that they're not going to try and prevent that. So it's just whether the opportunity is there and, and he kind of takes hold and, for the most part, you know, 15 to one on your money is, it's, it's a worthwhile risk, you know. And then what are your game bets do you like? Oh, I gotcha. Uh, as I've, I think, alluded to, I'm not as excited about Arizona heading into Cleveland. So Cleveland minus three and a half. Uh, seems fine. If you can get an alternate line and lay even more with Cleveland and get like plus 200, plus 200 and change in return, uh, take a shot that they just absolutely steamroll the Cardinals. And again, uh, jumping on, it feels like we're we're getting after Ricky on this one, who I, who I know is on the Raiders this week, uh, but Denver at home minus three and a half. Oh, look, Ricky lives. Yeah, but Denver at three and a half. And again, uh, another situation where the Raiders just might not be uh, mentally present for the game. Uh, If you can get an alternate line and lay even more with Denver and try and pick up, pick up a lot extra money on this one over plus 200 laying something like seven, seven and a half. That's fine. Uh, John, how about you? What do you uh, like this week? Uh, I do like that Denver bet. Um, I feel like uh, the Raiders um, were three and zero fakes. Uh, <laughs> um, I did. I don't. I don't like anything Raiders going forward. They're not going to be favored, except for maybe one or two matchups. I looked at the schedule last night. Uh, not impressed. So think they're going to have a really tough season. Um, personally, um, I've already put in some bets. Uh, prop bet, Washington over two and a half touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that 
the Chiefs are going to move the ball with such effectiveness that Heineke is going to have a ton of opportunities. Uh, and Antonio Gibson's shown up. Uh, McLaurin's always dangerous. Um, you know, they've got a, an okay offense to above average. And the Chiefs don't really have a whole lot of defense. So um, I'm definitely rolling over two and a half uh, for Washington, uh, two and a half touchdowns. As far as straight bets, I've got Carolina to win. Uh, Darnold gets a bounce back game. Didn't play too well last week. Um, I mean, they're playing Minnesota. That's not really scaring anybody. Um, you know, uh, they're the underdog, so I'm taking them. Uh, Seahawks, um, you know, uh, Geno Smith, baby. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh, no faith in them. I actually live basically in a uh, in a Pittsburgh market um, in Columbus, Ohio. We have Cleveland fans, a little bit of Bengals, and a ton of Steelers. So um, even those Steelers fans aren't too excited on this season. So I could definitely uh, definitely see Geno and the Hawks, my NFC West, pulling out another uh, out-of-conference win. Um, and then Cardinals over Browns. Um, yeah. NFC West, baby. On yes, NFC West. That's the best division in the league. Um, they're five and zero. Oh. They they're gonna make it happen through the air. They, Kyler's gonna have four hundred plus, you know, three or four, maybe five touchdowns. Um, their defense is good. Uh, the Browns are starting Odell Beckham Jr., uh, which is gross. Uh, Landry's supposed to be back. Um, doesn't excite me. Um, the, I don't the think person. Landry is actually back this week. That's I saw something earlier today that said that uh, there was a definite possibility that he was playing this week. Yeah, which means um, he's definitely not going to play. They're just getting our hopes up. <laughs> this is like me ranking Christian McCaffrey last week. I was like, oh, he's definitely going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, well, if Landry plays, Landry doesn't play, that doesn't affect my my take on the game at all. I think they've, they've got a pretty good guy um, in Donovan Peoples-Jones. I know we've – We've uh, talked about that a little bit this week. Um, so they've got Hooper. They got some guys, but they don't have what the Cardinals have. Um, and I feel like they don't on either side of the ball. I like uh, I like this because I picked Cleveland. Ricky obviously picked uh, the Cardinals. You picked the Cardinals. Jason picked Cleveland. So it's you know we're setting up at odds. Ricky did post his bets. I assume he means Kelsey. I'm not familiar with Kelby, but um, Kelsey, Kelsey over 87 and a half yards. I would say that feels like a pretty. I safe thought Kelby bet. was the backup to Geno in Seattle. <laughs> It could be Seattle is uh, right? Seattle is low, and then Ricky likes the Cardinals plus five, so he's jumping on the train with John. He likes the Panthers plus one and a half, jumping on the train with John, and he likes the Raiders plus five, so he's on an island on his own, and we'll pray for him. Well, Raiders Raiders plus five might. I mean, it could. That's true. With the Den- Denver's not winning by a touchdown if they win. Uh, yeah, um, I, I picked them, but. 
Then I remember we have Vic Fangio, and I don't know if having Vic Fangio is better than not having a coach at all. It's kind of a toss-up to me right now. (laughs) Um, Broncos Nation was so uh, into Vic Fangio that as soon as the John Gruden news broke on uh, Monday, Broncos fan page, uh, somebody posted, why can't people do an email investigation of our coach and see what they can find? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a good mood and atmosphere. You know, living this close to Denver was always a dream. And for a few years when we first moved here and Peyton Manning was here, that dream was realized in the last five years. It's been less optimistic. You don't like Drew Locke? I I kind of like Drew Locke, but he's never really done anything. Um, Yeah. think they need to start over i don't really like our gm so that doesn't give me hope well those are our uh those are their football bets i'm not going to take ownership because i don't know what i'm doing and nobody wants my football bets although my picks that seem to be in the greatest groove of my life 55 and 25 uh, through five weeks to uh start out now 56 and 25 after last night um trust me that won't continue uh, maybe one or two more weeks, and then I'd get off the train. John has picked with me uh, the last few years. I barely beat my wife last year, and the year before that, <laughs> she destroyed me with the tried-and-true method of choosing which city was more desirable for habitation and oh, wow. or which team's colors looked better in a color palette. Those are tried-and-true methods. But uh, before we go, even though Ricky's not here, we don't want to leave you without a uh, movie corner. Uh, hit on a couple of things that popped out last week. Uh, first was No Time to Die, James Bond. I don't think either of you guys got to see that one, but I went and saw it. I thought it was a great final act for Daniel Craig's James Bond. This is his last uh, movie, perhaps you have heard. Uh, we had to wait 18 months. This was the first big Hollywood movie delayed due to the pandemic. It was supposed to open on Good Friday 2020. Finally opened on last Friday, October 8th, 2021, after originally being slated for April 8th, 2020. So quite a a wait. Um, I thought it was worth the wait. One of my favorite of Daniel Craig's James Bonds. I thought it was really good. The ending um, was really stirring. It's almost three hours, but it didn't feel that long. so it was a lot of fun. The other thing that wrapped up last week was Marvel's What If, the fourth uh, original uh, Marvel series. John, I think you said you saw that. Did you enjoy What If? Um, it was a little dry in the beginning, like the series in general. Uh, but the last few episodes were were payoff, and that last episode was amazing. So um, like the series, definitely recommend it. Yeah, and I'm going to be curious to see how it ties into the larger MCU. They said that all these shows are pointing towards something, which is probably Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which we know is coming in 2022. I will say if you, you know, I'm not a big cartoon person. I don't care that much for the animated genre. Um, I This isn't really like a cartoon in the way some people are thinking of it being a cartoon. If you've enjoyed Marvel stuff, you will probably enjoy this. It is dark. It, to me, it was a lot darker. Um, yeah, I, I think there, you know, South Park's running joke for a lot of years was Cartman died in every episode or Kenny died Penny. in every episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the running joke in What If seemed to be that uh, Tony Stark died in every episode. <laughs> there until the end. So, uh, so that was kind of fun. Um, this weekend, uh, 
Last Duel, the Ridley Scott film opens. I, uh, I have not seen it yet. I'm going with my wife tomorrow, but Ricky saw it. Uh, he liked it. You can catch his review uh, up on the site. Um, you get to see Bleach Blonde Ben Affleck. I don't know what more you could hope for in life than, you know, Bleach Blonde Affleck and Damon. Apparently, um, and I, I, I will have to ask Ricky how this would have possibly fit in. There was supposed to be a, um, a big uh, kissing scene between Damon and Affleck that got cut from the final cut. And I'm trying to figure out how that would have even worked based on the trailer that I saw and what the film was supposed to be about. Uh, but I guess we'll we'll have to wait uh, until we've seen it. And then uh, the other big release this week out in theaters and um, available on Peacock to stream is Halloween Kills, the follow-up to the 2018 sequel, which was a follow-up to the 1979 original, pretending that all those other Michael Myers uh, adventures never happened. John, I believe you saw that last night. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um Going into it, put the over-under at 21 and a half kills by Michael Myers. Um, not going to give it away, but, uh, you know, feel free to hit me up with your guesses. That is, that is a lot for an hour and 40-minute movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, Jason looks scared just, just hearing the talk of 21 and a half. Does, does he have a machine gun or some type <laughs> he of... Doesn't, he doesn't need one, man. He's... Uh, He's good at what he does. Um, it felt like a lot if of the will. movie was setting up Halloween Ends, which comes out uh, October 14th of 22. Um, it wasn't uh, a movie that was designed to tell its own story, it felt like. Um, yeah. But it was absolutely gruesome. And I loved it. Uh, very visual with brains and the terrible things that Michael was doing to people, blood everywhere, you know, reminiscent of all of your favorite, uh, you know, Friday the 13th and, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Streets as far as that goes. Um, and the, you know, the effects are better nowadays. So just awesome in that, uh, in that space. Um, I've always been a Halloween guy. Uh, this one did not let me down. So fun fact, uh, I went to Christian College, the Biblical Institute of Los Angeles, and for my senior communication thesis project, I wrote about the evolution of slasher films from the 70s Genesis through their 90s rebirth. I passed the class. I don't think they were very impressed with my uh, <laughs> with my choice of topics. Jason, do you have any favorite uh, favorite films you want to share? That's a uh, excellent question. I was just thinking about that. Um, I mean, to hit on on the season, Donnie Darko was one of my favorite films, which kind of revolves uh, the climax sort of around Halloween night, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just stay with that. Um, I was going to ask Matt, uh, since you were at the Biblical University in Los Angeles writing about classic horror films if they were uh, a big fan of one of your favorite personal lines uh which is i i kick ass in the name of the lord must be up there i believe that's um, I don't know which one that came from oh that's <sighs> evil dead oh yeah that's is right. it yeah. the first yeah. evil dead yeah I, 
I like the Evil Dead movies. We, it was interesting to do that kind of research for my for my dorm room. I um, probably I I like the original Halloween, but my favorite of the probably slasher genre is Scream. And I don't know if it's just because I was in high school when that came out, so probably you know a lot of '90s nostalgia. My I actually was able to convince my wife, who is not a not a horror person, uh, to go when they re-released it in theater last year for the 25th uh, anniversary. When I was able to convince her to go, we went and watched, uh, saw it on the big screen. It was kind of fun. And now they have a new one coming out in. And seeing Dev Campbell and Courtney Cox, I was like, oh, they look oh. old. And then I thought about how old I am, and I was like, oh my god, I'm old. <laughs> So thanks <laughs> well, for that dimension. The, there was definitely a preview for the new Scream um, awesome. uh, in the Halloween uh, film. And it kind of looked like those guys were just needing another paycheck. Um, you know, you see that where they'll reboot something and include the original people. Um, it, you know, it, it's, gonna be okay uh, you know it's got a decent premise I have no um, no fear whatsoever of the mask guy due to scary movie um, <laughs> like but he's the, he's the a running never, joke you know that was kind of the flip when they moved to the new wave horror is in, in the old originals it wasn't you never really remembered any of the human characters that were in there it was the you know the iconic character michael myers the killer jason the killer although wasn't the killer in the first friday the 13th but you know the the killer freddy krueger the killer it wasn't a big for the character for the characters who survived or who were the heroes and when you get to more of the new wave like with scream or even i know what you did last summer it was the the marquee characters were the people who survived so Kind of a little genre flip, but that's going to do it for us uh, this week. Before we head out of here, John, tell us uh, where they can find you and what they can look for from you next. Um, I am iHeartCaravans on Twitter, on Fantasy Life app, um, Medium. Um, I, I don't know where I'm not. iHeartCaravans. Um so uh, check me out there. Got the news or noise comes out every week. Uh, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I'll give you the best advice that I can. Um, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that I'll get back to you incredibly quick because, you know, I live on my phone. So uh, that's, that's basically what I got for you. All right, Jason, where can they find you? And what can we see from you next? Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Jason or at Asterita Jason. Um, for the most part, uh, tomorrow you'll see uh, Fight Fire with Flyers for this coming week. Uh, the piece will will uh, begin to have kind of a a catalog of all the flyers that I've presented for deep stashes, and kind of see like the top ten of who's still relevant and worth holding on to if, if necessary. Um, real quick, uh, Ricky pointed this out in the chat. Uh, he said uh, Nick Chubb could be out Sunday. Uh, I looked it up. It looks like he did not practice today. I don't know if there's uh, any specific concerns, but 
that could be See, a that's right. issue. He said Chubb out Sunday. Does he mean Nick Chubb or Bradley Chubb? Because he's I think I saw something about Nick. Oh. Nick got a DMP this today, I want to say. Well, that's disappointing. Or yesterday. Um, not disappointing. I got I got Hunt as one of my starts. And that oh, was without true. the injury. That yeah, was without no, it. no, no, no. You knew that injury was coming. You just for you previsioned it. <laughs> so well, I am at yeah, he said it is Nick. Okay. I I guess I I was locked in on his uh, his love of the Raiders this week. You can follow Ricky at uh, at Ricky Valero underscore. You can follow me at Nighthawk seven seven three four. It is Friday, so I have my latest recap of the morning show episode uh, that will drop this afternoon. And I also have my Friday five, where I pick uh, five games from the Sunday slate. I thought were the most interesting. Sadly for John, it does not include uh, Seahawks and. Steelers, because uh, I'm not the Geno Smith stand that you are. I guess no one else can. And Ricky, before we go, just wants to leave us with one parting thought. Uh, so next week's show is going to be a lot of fun. One of us is going to feel like ducking the other, and um, yet we're going to have to show up. And um, I have a feeling it's going to be me feeling sad. Um, but maybe that's the last five years of tortured Broncos fandom just <laughs> seeping into my heart of hearts, into my soul uh, out there. But thanks all for joining us, and good luck to you out there in week six. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.